0: Global warming is causing a general increase in Earth's temperatures, leading to more frequent intense heat waves. Glacial and polar ice melt due to global warming is contributing to rising sea levels, threatening coastal areas. Climate change is altering weather patterns, resulting in more severe and unpredictable events like hurricanes, droughts, floods, and wildfires. But more than anything else, global warming has contributed to the greatest crisis known to man. And that is, of course, the summer of Godzilla in the middle of December. Up from the depths, 30 stories high, breathing fire, his head in the sky, Godzilla, 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 and
1: Godzilla.
0: And welcome to this zero credit supplemental reading of 2023's Godzilla Minus One, directed by Takashi Yamazaki. My name, as always, is John.
1: And joining him, as always, is me, Henry.
0: And if you haven't listened to a zero credit supplemental reading before, boy, are you in for a treat! Uh, Let me tell you, up front, we do these about things we think are important or we like, uh, with the caveat, that we discuss the things in their entirety. So if you have not seen 2023's Godzilla Minus One, directed by Takashi Yamazaki, go see it now, because we will spoil the hell out of it.
1: Yeah, see this movie by any means necessary. It has a limited run in the theaters that won't... Actually, it's ending before this airs, so hopefully you saw it, and if not, try to find a way to, f- to to see it somewhere else.
0: Yeah, find a way. You know, life finds a way. There are a lot of legal and illegal ways to watch Godzilla Minus One, uh, but certainly try to find a legal one if you can. Yeah, uh, give money pretty, much, to pretty much exclusively movies with uh, subtitles do not have long. Runs in American theaters. So I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did.
1: This is actually one of the longest uh, runs of a Japanese film in American theaters. It's the first time since Godzilla 1999 that something like this has happened.
0: Now, of course, it's important to note that, uh, as we said up top, the summer of Godzilla is continuing well into December, and that is. An unusual event. Uh, Henry saw Godzilla minus one first. I saw it. And then uh, you can attest to this. Immediately texted you the words emergency supplemental reading.
1: That's all he said. I thought he might be dying. No, turns out he just really wanted to talk about Godzilla. And I just sent back one word. Deal.
0: You have to know what it's about if it comes in. If you know I'm seeing Godzilla minus one, emergency supplementary, the summer of Godzilla continues unabated, except in this case, we could be talking about world events because there's a lot going on. (laughs) But instead (laughs) of using it as a way to stall for time, which we use the summer of Godzilla for, this is an item of genuine interest. This is no Kong Skull Island. This isn't your daddy's godzilla versus kong
1: yeah this is not your wait what is it going to be called godzilla x kong the new empire cool yeah cool this isn't um, your
0: granddaddy's godzilla cross kong of the new empire
1: No, uh, this is Toho, unabashed, unadulterated, celebrating seven decades of Godzilla films. Seventy years of Godzilla.
0: If I'm not mistaken, this is the second live-action film in the Reiwa era. With the first, of course, being Shin Godzilla, and then a bunch of animes that I didn't watch.
1: (laughs) So, there's a very interesting story about the production of Godzilla Minus One. Um, Shin Godzilla was not a surprise hit for Toho. Like, they definitely believed in it, but the international sort of reception was kind of surprising for them. Um, and they wanted to make a follow uh, after some debate and some deliberation and talking with the director of Shin Godzilla, Toho made the decision that it wasn't going to continue the Shin Godzilla line and they were looking for something new. And then around this time they entered the deal with legendary pictures, um, a deal that stipulated that Toho could not make any live action films through 2020. Um just part of part of the art of the deal, I guess. So they I, a- I
0: don't want to be an asshole about this, but I feel like if you're telling the company that made Godzilla that they can't make a live action Godzilla film, fucking Quit your job. Find a different job.
1: It's like a a non-compete thing, I'm sure. It it more so came from the distributor WB than it came from Legendary Pictures. Um, But yeah, it's probably some non-compete stuff. Really shady stuff because, again, you can't tell a parent not to let their kid work for a living. So Toho made a string of anime movies that went on like Netflix and things like that. And um as the that that period where they couldn't make a movie was was winding to a close um, they tapped director and writer Takashi Yamazaki to make a new Godzilla
0: and a renowned visual effects artist. Uh, awesome. Takashi Yamazaki is like a it's a he's a huge name in Japan uh, and is seems to be like fairly revolutionary in his style. Which we'll, we'll get into, yeah. uh, but a, a pretty legendary name to sign to the Godzilla franchise, and I believe they signed him after the release of his 2016 or 2017 movie. I think it's called The Battle of Archimedes, which is yes. about the which is about the um, Yamato battleship. Uh, yeah. And they were like, "This guy makes good ship movies. Let's get him on board."
1: And so production for Godzilla minus one started in 2019 and they were, the plan was to film through 2020 and then release in 2021 shortly after. But of course the COVID pandemic uh, just wrecked havoc on the schedules and we are finally seeing Godzilla minus one in theaters in 2023. Well after the, uh, the agreement with legendary pictures ended and honestly I'm, I'm glad that this film finally got to be released in theaters it is phenomenal
0: i mean if you read any interviews with takashi yamazaki obviously a huge godzilla fan and there's maybe no greater testament to that than uh in his film always sunset on third street 2 uh, it begins, it, it has Godzilla in it. It straight up has yeah. the first fully CGI depiction of Godzilla in a film uh, that's not uh, 1999's Godzilla is in always Sunset on Third Street 2. And if you go back and you watch a clip of this, that Godzilla, strikingly similar to the Godzilla we get in Godzilla Minus One in terms of like, look, it's it's very stark.
1: It's phenomenal, but Godzilla Minus One is actually Takashi Yamazaki's third time working with Godzilla, uh, or working on a Godzilla, having Godzilla in film. Uh, The first time was that movie you said, whose name I quickly forgot. And um, the second time was for a video for a Godzilla ride at a theme park that also uses a very starkly um re- reminiscent godzilla as this film
0: i almost have to wonder because we've talked about obviously one of the most fun things to examine about godzilla as a character is godzilla's look right godzilla's yeah. look changes pretty dramatically over time and i think 2007 uh in the first look we get at takashi yamazaki once again uh very acclaimed visual effects artist, clearly very opinionated. I imagine this Godzilla is of his design. This yeah. is the first time we get a look at kind of a thick Zilla.
1: So, yeah, um, he he's talked a lot about his Godzilla's design and what he draws inspiration from. He goes back to the original suitmation Godzilla movies. <laughs> so the adult Godzilla we see in Godzilla minus one is more upright than he's been depicted recently. It's like, he's mixing the posture of a human person in a suit with design elef- elements from, uh, the high sea era Godzilla and the uh-huh. generic design. Toho is long used for merchandise and the design from the movie that most influenced this movie which is a the title of this movie is Godzilla, Mothra, and King Gaidora Colon, Giant Monsters All Out at Attack.
0: Uh, a movie that I have have probably seen, but have forgotten, but will go back yeah. and rewatch. Because that's from and I get the era names messed up. That's like the second Godzilla era, right? The one that's the a issue? little less silly. Yeah, Heisei. Heisei, yeah. So that's
1: 1989 to 1995. It's like the closest to like a modern era Godzilla, it is definitely more serious than the silly era that came after the the first Godzilla movie.
0: There's no Manila in uh, in those movies. I have to assume.
1: I'm not sure.
0: Manila I'm- is the little tiny baby.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. I'm so I will be. I sound like I know a lot about Godzilla. And I don't. I, I just sound that way. So I don't really know much about the Godzilla errors, per se. Um, But I do read a lot of sources.
0: Hey, well, we know based on one thing, and that is the release of the two Godzilla movies we've previously mentioned, that we're in a hell of a Godzilla era. The Reiwa era Shin Godzilla. Godzilla minus one. I think we've... We've diddly fucked around long enough, Henry, and we should talk about the maybe the content of the movie rather than its production.
1: Right. So I just wanted to get like a, a, a good entry point is like where this Godzilla is coming from, like where this movie is coming from. The Ocean. Um, the ocean, but but it's off the heels of Shin Godzilla, which redefined the genre, redefined how people see Godzilla, and like kind of redefined everything. It's in the wake of the Legendary Pictures Godzilla, which features Godzilla as an anti-hero, and it's in the light of the 70, 70 the, the anniversary of Godzilla for 70 years. Um it, it is a culmination of all these things and uh, what it is at its heart is a celebration of the series. That being said, let's get into the content
0: no i i cannot agree with you more i every second of watching this movie i was so convinced that the person the the leading artistic voice behind this movie truly loves godzilla because everything that it does is like it threads the needle perfectly for what makes a good godzilla movie and honestly most godzilla movies about 50 percent of them are like eh, they're okay right
1: no, but no. Like what, what as, truly as a, yeah. makes
0: a good Godzilla movie nailed it.
1: Absolutely, as a longtime Godzilla fan, a lot of the Godzilla movies are just okay. Like you, some of them you watch just for the monster fights. Like rarely, if ever, are you cued in on the human element. And what this movie nails is that the human element is the movie.
0: I mean what does the, what does the movie begin with it it begins with our main character Shikishima uh flying into uh, flying onto an island to repair uh Japanese aircraft failing in his mission to be a kamikaze pilot yeah. like that is a hugely powerful thing for a movie to lay on you in the first 15 seconds Like the huge
1: the first character interactions that we get from shikishima and the the mechanics including uh takibana that the head engineer uh, on odo the island odo and and it's a station that is only for repairing kamikaze planes that's the only function of that station by the way um but these first interactions, it's very quiet and it's very like we kind of get the setting. It's wartime. The, f- the, the camera focuses on the bomb beneath the plane more so than the, the pilot. So like we get the idea that this is sort of like a, a kamikaze pilot. And then there's just one moment where the engineer says, we looked over your plane and we didn't find anything. And Shikishima says, what are you trying to imply? And like in that, like we're already at conflict.
0: It's that scene in a movie. That's not a Godzilla movie would be incredible Yeah, <laughs> because we, the- we establish yeah. so much. We established that the, the uh, repairman on Odo are convinced of the mission, and are disappointed in him. We get that he's ashamed. We know exactly what he did. None of it is explicitly spelled out to you. Yeah. But we get basically everything at that point about Shikishima's internal conflict in like three lines of dialogue. Exceptional.
1: it's, It's amazing the storytelling that this movie does, because at no point, is it like only in one point is it explicitly said, like when his neighbor is chastising him, it's like, if you would have just done your job, maybe your parents would still be alive. But like we, the character interactions that we see Shikishima have over and over again at the beginning just drills into, well, this is why he is the way he is for the rest of the movie. This is why he keeps his role in the war a little guarded. He doesn't really talk about it. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't want to address it and why he's so haunted by what happens to him on Odo.
0: I I so deeply appreciate in the character of Shikishima how this movie is not afraid to be a Godzilla movie that's not about Godzilla. I mean, obviously yeah. there's that famous Alan Moore thing. Like the plot of a thing is never what it's about. Like the plot is boring. Like. We, we have a, a a fixation now on, like, the plot is what a movie is about. Like, everything's, like, very facial. But right. this movie is a movie, it's a Godzilla movie, but it's not about Godzilla. It's about something that's much more complicated and very cool. And almost, in a way, you couldn't tell this story not in a Godzilla movie. Uh, something that I found in researching this, if we're... Uh, comfortable admitting that like the primary conflict within Shikishima is his desire to live and thrive against the overwhelming societal pressure to sacrifice one's life for like poetic patriotic ideals would we agree that that's like his primary conflict
1: So yeah I, there's a great line toward the beginning of the movie when he when he first comes back and he sees his home and he he just mutters it it's kind of a throwaway line where he's like you know come back or else and it seems mm-hmm. like he's quoting his 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 family so yeah he he's in conflict with the directive that his family gives him come back his role as a as a kamikaze pilot which is they have one role and that exact that nationalistic overbearing directive to die for your country and bring honor to your family or else.
0: Now I, for, for research on this, I read a lot about kamikaze pilots. Do you know where I'm going with this?
1: Uh, I don't think I do. So please, I will be quiet.
0: So I, and this is just a testament to, I think the script of this movie uh and this movie's use of like well anyway i'll get into it so a lot of people think that the japanese employed kamikaze tactics early in the war as early as pearl harbor in fact they did not uh a couple uh zeeks i think they were called zeros the Mm -hmm. japanese planes would crash into ships would crash into radio towers would crash into anti-air emplacements infrequently yes that did happen, but that happens historically in every context in which people are waging war in planes. Planes, unfortunately, for men who are prepared to die, if they're going down, they can be used as a weapon. This has existed since World War I. Uh, killing so with, yourself to yeah. blow something up with your plane has existed for a long time.
1: Like If you're going down anyway and there's no way to eject... Yeah, it
0: it has been an an existent unspoken weapon since planes were used in warfare.
1: So it wasn't – this notion wasn't a a uniquely Japanese thing yet.
0: Absolutely. However, late into the war, around 1944 – so, like, people don't talk about this a lot because we have this, like, very romantic idea of World War II as being, like, troops on the ground – uh, in europe but especially in like the pacific theater it was an aerial battle pretty much ex- exclusively and uh, allied forces especially the u.s had like a tremendous upper hand over japan in the carrier battle the ability to have a platform from which to launch planes from the sea was a huge deciding factor and we had basically crippled their ability to launch planes from from carriers. And in addition, the Japanese thought it would be a short war. They weren't invested in like training people up, so they had like a skill deficit. They didn't have like carriers that could launch like short range attack flights, etc. Uh, the Japanese Air Force was in no position to win the war at that point. And they created kamikaze pilots because of previous actions where people who knew they were going to die crashed their planes into carriers and they saw that that was effective and the japanese government knowing that they were going to lose the war unless they found a way to kill more allies per japanese person killed then they would lose so it was a it was a propaganda campaign to tell pilots young inexperienced pilots that the only way they could win is by killing themselves
1: uh, yeah. so th- this really tracks cuz K- Kashikashima is very young um has his entire life ahead of him basically like i i read him staring out into the sea before he notices the deep sea fish and Godzilla's attack as like him staring at what his life could be in the wake of his orders and when he's he's when he is confronted by takibana the, the head engineer it's sort of like that is the government or the uh, the the nationalistic you know let's let's buckle down and do what we need to survive this war rearing its head to be like what are you doing you you have to go you have to get in that plane you have to You have to sacrifice yourself.
0: Yeah. Takibana is the older generation saying we're being told that you need to sacrifice yourself, not necessarily caring for the fact that almost everyone in the Japanese air force was like joined less than a year ago. Like no one was a veteran. Shikishima was good and was expected to kill himself, but just couldn't bring himself to do it.
1: Yeah. And and it's, it's fascinating to see a post-war Shikishima who gets this job uh, demining the ocean around Japan, and he is the only one on the boat who can aim and shoot the uh, the twenty or the thirteen millimeter gun or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, like he he is good. He trained and he is good. Like he, all of the skills he shows, he provides for a, a an abandoned woman and an abandoned child who's not even her child. Like mm-hmm. he has value. In the post-world, post-war society, that if he just threw thrown his life away, though you know who knows what would happen. You know those people might not have been taken care of.
0: You and I are so on the same page, and we're going to get into that part absolutely (laughs) later because it's part of like an overarching thing.
1: I I feel like it's what the movie is really about, with a capital A. Like uh, the themes of this movie are are embodied by this character and what happens to him and and just the arc of the movie is perfectly drawn and everything feels natural because you know as things get more dire the thing that he is trained to do seems to be like the only option only they are now in a post-war era and they have seen that the nationalistic tendencies of the war cannot be what they need to continue the country Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, the, the entire movie is about the flourishing of life. It, it's yeah. about the, it's this about fighting, t- fighting against the, the, the honorable death. Uh, and this isn't something that if you read any book, I'm, a, I like World War II a lot, uh, especially reading about Japan, but a lot of books written from the American perspective act like death as honor is like an exclusively Japanese thing. No, it's an exclusively human thing that's taught to impressionable people Uh, by manipulative politicians. uh,
1: It's, yeah, it's funny. It's like, oh, they have this code where they would rather die than lose. The fucking Spartans had a saying, come back with your shield or on it.
0: Yeah, every time you read about this stuff, they're like, ah, the Code of Bushido told them... It's like, Americans would rather die than lose. Germans would rather die than lose. Australians, probably some percentage, would rather die than lose. Death as honor is just a human thing.
1: It's it's a way to honor those who died, because to admit that they died for no reason is more crushing than to pretend that they died for a cause.
0: Yeah, it's always easier to assume they died for a reason rather than war sucks and you should never do it. But I want to put a bow on this kamikaze history thing. And I want to potentially blow your
1: mind. I'm here to be... I'm not going to say that. Never mind.
0: Uh, So the first actual squadron that was trained in kamikaze tactics... Uh, In 1944, near the end of the war, near the end of 1944, as a matter of fact, uh, consisted of four units, right? Okay. The four units, the official first Kamikaze squadron consisted of unit Yamato, unit Asahi, unit Yamazakura, and unit Shikishima.
1: Yeah, I knew this.
0: The unit names were taken from a Japanese patriotic death poem. Oh. Shikishima is a poetic patriotic roman- romanticizing like it's a, it's a poetic patriotic way to refer to the country of Japan.
1: Interesting. Oh, oh, Shik- so okay.
0: Shikishima is literally named for an unattainable poetic patriotic vision of japan that he cannot live up to
1: that's pretty great i'm I'm just gonna add one just fact um on top of that is uh the shikishima squadron that you just alluded to was led by lieutenant yukio seki and they hit and sank the uss st louis in 1944
0: And uh, Yukio Seki was one of Japan's greatest pilots at the time. And the Kamikaze squadrons were frequently criticized for needlessly throwing away talent before it could blossom.
1: And that's what I think the character of Shikishima is really embodying. The notion that he was supposed to throw his life away. But then he takes care of his neighbor who chastises him. He takes care of the... You know the um i should say her name uh noriko oshi and her daughter um akiko akiko he takes care of them he he's the only one who can successfully de mine like the, they can they can cut the wires and get the mines to surface but he's the only one who can hit them with the gun so like he's making the ocean safer for for fishing again which is like one of ja- japan's biggest industries like Without his skills, Japan is worse off.
0: He starts to find joy in the ashes of war by being alive and and joining with this crew and making things safer and taking a completely untraditional life path of taking care of a woman in Noriko that he's not romantically uh, entangled with and a child, Akiko, who is neither of their child. like in in eschewing a traditional life path he's like he finds happiness for two to three years
1: yeah in the wake of the like japan out of the countries that were in world war ii japan was one of the most devastated um one of the things i really like about this film is that it highlights just the devastation of tokyo um The firebombing, the constant firebombing, to the point where he returns to literal ruins. And the step up from ruins is just like, we have wooden walls, and that's good. I'm making a life for myself because I can afford most of a a traditional structure.
0: I mean, we we like to think... Uh, we we imagine that the greatest damage that was visited upon the japanese people was the bombing of hiroshima that killed 100,000 people the continual firebombing of tokyo killed 150,000 people yeah a,
1: a lot of like we when you when you think about the targets for the two nuclear strikes on japan you're like oh why what why didn't they strike tokyo and it's because tokyo was was devastated it, it was yeah the, it was literally in the in the literal sense of the term decimated, like it was reduced to ten percent of what it was. Uh,
0: Tokyo was the subject of constant targeted firebombing for over a year. At that point, uh, it's it's it, we killed so many Japanese people during it, the Second World yeah, War that we really
1: been. don't think about, and honestly, we should. At least, I mean, clearly. Yeah
0: but uh, but I appreciate a movie that unflinchingly portrays the like total chaos in in post war Japan because I I don't really know at what point in 1945 the first scene in this movie takes place it either happened after the bombing or shortly before and then it cuts to 1946 after the bombing has happened yeah. and uh, Shikishima is headed home let's uh, go but, Fascinating choice in the movie to not really talk about Hiroshima and Nagasaki all that much.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the war in the Pacific of course continued longer than the war really because just communications were spotty and supply lines were cut. That, that That's war. So like maybe he was following orders that didn't even really have a result and the grand scheme of the war. And then also to your point about not talking about the nuclear bombing, there's a phantom menace in this movie. And it, all, it, um, no, the trade federation.
0: Oh, of course. Yes.
1: The phantom menace is America. Mm-hmm. America creates Godzilla, The. They sh- it's a split second. They show the test bombing of the new H bomb.
0: Yeah, Bikini at, Atoll.
1: At Bikini Atoll, and this is this is you can go back. Bikini Atoll is more often than not the 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 creation moment of Godzilla. Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's the seminal. It's like the it's the it's Batman's parents dying in the alleyway. Usually Bikini Atoll is like the seminal moment of the creation of Godzilla. It's like an aquana or something, you know, it, it that changes the, the the variables change, but American testing of nuclear armaments past World war war 1 too is the creation of Godzilla as if to say if you follow this trend, if you keep pursuing nuclear armaments you're going to cause greater devastation. Godzilla, at its core, is always a cautionary tale.
0: Yeah, I mean, Godzilla has always represented, either depending on the movie, the reality of or the fear of nuclear pl- pl- proliferation and its senseless destruction of human life. Like, that's can, yeah. the most effective Godzillas are always that.
1: I love that this movie. It, sh- it acknowledges it. It shows it. It's a split-second thing. It's a blink-and-you-miss-it thing, but it's there. And then because this, this movie is the first-ever period piece for a Godzilla film, and it takes place during the disarmament of Japan, the tanks we see are American tanks. They mm-hmm. cannot be Japanese tanks because Japan could not have a standing army.
0: It it's fascinating to me that Bikini Atoll is always the nexus of Godzilla for the most part because I think the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki could certainly not be seen by any rational person as like necessary. Uh, but it, it's clearly a war action whereas the uh the war exercises in Bikini Atoll detonating a nuke in the ocean is is just to test and show off how big we can make A new like Bikini Atoll is the birth of like nuclear accelerationism. Yeah, and 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 for that to be what makes Godzilla, I think, is like totally
1: rational. Exactly, exactly. Like these people were the only victims of this bomb ever. They could have easily used that initial bombing to be the birth of Godzilla, Mm -hmm. but. Wisely, I think they saw the like. You, it, it's one of those things where, like, the nuclear bombs were used, and the, when the results started coming in, everyone, I think at their core, knew this was a weapon that should never be used against anyone ever again. Yeah, and so when they continued to develop the bombs and they continued to 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 test them, uh, it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? we need to drill this in your head the only way we can think about it you guys like big things here's a goddamn huge lizard yeah get it now
0: (laughs) do you fucking get it and then like five years later it's like he's got a baby um but it's the rambo problem right like first blood was actually a pretty prescient critique of uh, our lack of support for people coming back from Vietnam yeah. with trauma. And then subsequent Rambo movies are like, isn't it cool when you shoot the so, guy yeah. with the exploding arrow?
1: There's a, there's a, a, a very funny, you can trace, you, you can pinpoint the exact moment when capitalism enters the the scenario. Um, it, it, it's, it's exactly like, uh, that Simpsons thing where it's like, you can pinpoint the moment where his heart rips in half or whatever. um, as soon as Godzilla the first Godzilla in 1954 was popular, <laughs> they they were like, we, we gotta do another one. And a, a fascinating thing that I learned about when researching this movie, the return of Godzilla is a different monster. It is different not, Godzilla! It's a different Godzilla. It is not it is canonically a second one.
0: they they, they have the courage of their convictions to say, nah, first Godzilla, dead as hell.
1: And the funny thing about the Return of Godzilla, the weapon they used to kill Godzilla in the first one mysteriously vanishes, and that's it. That's the explanation.
0: Can't make and, a new
1: one. And then you know that to make it more likable, look at the design of, of the later Godzillas in the early era. Um, bigger eyes. They have bigger eyes.
0: They make them cute like a dog.
1: Yeah, we're not here to talk about that. We're here. To we're talk not here about to talk about cute Godzilla.
0: We're here to talk about minus one. Of course, I talking about the speaking of the origin of Godzilla, and we can talk about this movie's symbolism, which is a particularly juicy one I want to talk about later. But we need to get into the meat of it, the Godzilla meat. And that is to say, I adore that Godzilla is just like a thing that exists before Bikini Atoll in
1: this movie. Yeah yeah so uh I, the i do want to i really want to get into this because this to me was i don't want to say the freshest everything about this movie is fresh the horror aspect of godzilla is that first attack on odo where he's hunched over he's near the fucking ground which is Creepy as hell. It's
0: it's so bizarre because we we are so conditioned to Godzilla having like this uh this particular kind of presence, but this this natural Godzilla, natural yeah. Naturezilla,
1: Naturezilla, uh,
0: is like hunched over, like curled over, is like
1: doesn't have and,
0: like fearful and curious in the way that a giant monster that's evolved over time, like a Loch Ness monster might be and in fact the way that it's shot in the rain at night hunched over is strangely don't hate me uh strangely reminiscent of nineteen ninety nine or nineteen ninety eight or whatever is Godzilla
1: with Matthew oh, Roderick. The American Godzilla.
0: Yeah what? Zilla. It is strangely reminiscent yeah. of Zilla in its like general affect. It's like a it's it's slinky, it's thin, it's like it's it's attacking at night, opportunistically, probably biting off more than it it's, can chew. It's an animal.
1: It's not an apex predator yet. Yeah, I it mean, doesn't you know, know that it's an,
0: it for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, it doesn't know that it's an apex. A- and like, yeah, it's it, it it is. It, it takes out the searchlight because it perceives a threat. Sure, but like it's inching toward this trench, and like there's a moment where like, oh, you can get in your you can get in your plane and you've got a 20 millimeter gun. Nothing can withstand that. And then someone panics and open fires with a rifle. And before that moment, I don't think it was ever attacked by humans, but now yeah. it gets hurt by the, or, or at least affected by these guns. And now all humanity is a threat. We I mean, see- you, can,
0: you can clearly see that even small arms fire hurts Godzilla. Yeah. Like, we it, see Godzilla the Jokerization not, like, be...
1: of Godzilla exactly. in this film. He becomes the Joker. I
0: I I know that like this is probably a hack point. I love that we see like a rich characterization of Godzilla in this movie. Like and done Dun- Godzilla, Godzilla has probably last been seen decades ago by humans and they have legends of it. Yeah, And then it's Godzilla's a cryptid when this movie starts.
1: It's a cryptid. And it's funny that there's a word for it that the locals use. Like I, it's one of those things where I love it, that it exists It's part of the world. And I accept it, but it's another part where it's like, if an American wrote this film, there would be like, we got to They would trip over the naming of it. They wouldn't just say the locals call it Godzilla. They would be like, it's some sort of gorilla whale, you know,
0: yeah, I mean for for what it's worth, I think um if you if you translate it, they'd be like the the locals call it a warilla, like yeah. whale and gorilla, yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it already being a portmanteau in Japanese certainly
1: helps oh, a very funny point. Um this movie at all times uses the the terminology they it's not just a subtitle they say Godzilla at no point do they say gorgia really yeah that that it is it is Godzilla from the Japanese actors. they don't use the traditional Japanese name for Godzilla
0: fascinating
1: i can't I have nothing. I don't have a comment on that. It's just, it, it's one of the only Japanese films where they call Godzilla, Godzilla.
0: Uh, I had no idea. I didn't, I wasn't tuned into that. That's good to know.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Um, and that,
0: when slinky Godzilla gets nuked, turns into big, tall Godzilla.
1: That That's what happens. But that, that initial, that first attack by Godzilla on the Odo Island. F- f- I two times in my life, two times in my life, Godzilla has felt like a horror movie. The first was Shin Godzilla and the way it arrives in Tokyo. And just the natural disaster. That it was one part disaster movie, one part horror movie. The attack on Odo Island in minus one was straight up horror. And I loved it and it stuck with me.
0: You know, I I I said that. I'm, 100% I'm one hundred percent wrong. I'm a thousand percent wrong. I was saying that this portrayal of Godzilla on Odo Island feels like uh, Zilla.
1: No, it's Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic. It's Jurassic fucking Park. It's, it's the one first of the.
0: He even eats all those people like the T Rex eats the lawyer off the
1: toilet. Like he, he's antagonistic as fuck. He bites people and just throws them.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's what an animal would do because he has vestigial forelimbs.
1: So he's like, yeah.
0: I don't like these little white things shooting at me. I will bite them and throw them away.
1: I'll get them away. I, I really loved it. And then Bikini Atoll happens, and we get Godzilla. We we yeah. get the one we know. Um, weird. St- weird stat to list. Um, But much like uh, Hannibal Lecter and Silence of the Lambs, who only has something like, what, 16 minutes of screen time, uh, Godzilla only has 11 minutes of screen time.
0: I think that that is the perfect amount of Godzilla.
1: This is what the American movies struggle with. That is what
0: I'm screaming.
1: Yeah, they don't get the ratio right. We, we always, always,
0: it's so frustrating. It was so frustrating watching those Godzilla movies because the thing is, I think there are limited circumstances under which Godzilla is extremely effective as a character. Uh, and it's really hard to fuck it up but Americans fucked it up every time. One essential thing is you can't keep the camera on Godzilla. The longer you're able to see Godzilla, the less compelling Godzilla is.
1: And because of that, because your Godzilla needs to be a fractional component of your movie, that should tell you the heavy lifting is not by the CGI lizard. Yes. It's by the human story. Your human story needs to be compelling so the Godzilla moments land. And then this movie, Godzilla shows up to fuck with Shikishimi. I didn't say. Yeah, anything. I mean
0: we we, we get this and we get this initial Godzilla sighting on Odo Island. And it feels like a little bit much and I honestly after that I was like, "Oh, is this the Godzilla we're going to get?" I don't know. And then after that, it painstakingly builds. I swear to god for like the first 30% of the movie, like a very rich human experience for its human cast. Like, Shikishima returns home, is crushed to hear those parents are killed, meets Noriko. Akiko joins this, like, super affable, fun, dynamic group in removing mines from the sea. You, time passes. You really care. Yeah. Like, you it, we really care. about when you find out that Noriko's got a job in Giza, uh, not Giza, God, what Ginza. is that? Ginza. Ginza. Uh, when she's got a job in Ginza, you're like, but what about Akiko? What about Shikishima? Like, you're so invested in this slice-of-life drama that's happening between these three characters in in like Tokyo as it reconstructs. And then Godzilla happens!
1: Yeah, yeah. No, we get caught up in he has his workmates over and they all assume that they're married and that that, um that noriko is her his wife and when he explains that no i i mean shikishima is such a great character because he is at one part the hope of rebuilding T- tokyo in japan and at another part he is he can literally not move on from the war yes because he has these photos of the people who died in their families and he looks at them often they're they're kept with the shinto shrine to his parents showing how reverent he is of those men who died because he could not be brave enough to pull the trigger on the literal monstrosity in front of them like he 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 is and i'm glad you brought that up about his name being sort of the poetic ideal of Japan, because he is Japan at the end of the war. Yeah, he, to move he's on,
0: but impossible. Two, exactly. Yes.
1: Yeah, hopeful to move on, but being dragged down by all that was lost, and, and it, it it is it is paralyzing, and that is why he can't bring himself to propose to Noriko and to adopt Akiko. He is not alive, nor is he dead.
0: When you lose a war, your war's not over. Like, Shikishima lost the war just as much as Japan did. He's preoccupied with the idea of, oh, if only I'd been more honorable, if only I'd sacrificed more, then these men wouldn't be dead. And that is a proxy for... If if we had been willing to sacrifice more, maybe we would have won. Maybe we wouldn't have to live in the ruins of our country yeah. if we had just been brave. Like, it's it's the totally propagandized part of his brain for whom the war will never be over versus his desire to flourish and live.
1: And, and what this movie does a good job of highlighting is it's not metaphorical. His neighbor literally fucking tells him that to his face. Yes. Like it is thrown into his face everywhere he looks. He looks at Noriko and thinks, if only I had been braver, she would not be living the life she's living. And if I could be braver to admit I want to spend my life with this woman, she would not have to get an office job in Ginza. (laughs) And then the ultimate thing the ultimate thing is the movie then throws it in his face again. If only she didn't have this job in Ginza. She would still be fucking alive, because yes. of all intents and purposes. Godzilla attacks Ginza, and he shows up to save her, and she sacrifices herself to save him.
0: Yeah, it is the la- in the last moment he freezes again, he can't do anything
1: because so the war's so- not over.
0: And yeah. that's, that's what breaks him. What what breaks his character and totally changes his motivations going forward is even in like the final moment, he couldn't bring himself to break out of his paralysis and save her. He got saved.
1: I know this is impossible, and it will not happen because the industry is stacked against him. But I do hope Japan has movie awards. And the actor, uh, Ryan Osuke Kamikiki, Kamiki, I hope he wins an award for this movie because he gives a primal human scream at the end of the Godzilla uh, Genza attack that shook me to my core. And it, it is a... It is a level of acting and performance I, I cannot say I have seen in decades.
0: I, uh, up until that point, there were a couple parts of his performance that I wasn't a super huge fan of, um, but past that point and including that point, I was like, I don't know that I've seen a primal scream of despair that convincing. Also, there are Japanese Academy Awards. My man has actually won a few of them. And okay. also, I believe in I believe in 2022, he was declared and I know this is a translation issue, but I hope it's not Japan's most powerful actor.
1: He's the strongest.
0: He's the strongest. He beat them all in a tournament.
1: Um, so when he I, I need the audience to know. I need our listeners, I need our dear fam to know. When you told me he won awards, I I did the shaka. Um, so that's great.
0: I mean, he's he's he is a big deal in Japan right now. Apparently, uh, that- Takashi Takashi Yamazaki directing a movie with Ryunosuke Kamiki in you. it is a real Martin Scorsese directing Leonardo DiCaprio thing. I mean, he To simplify and westernize it.
1: I don't know what headspace you need to get into to give off that performance. Because it's not as though he screamed once. It, it was a continual, like, primeval, like, it reached out to the deepest level of my dumb monkey brain existence to be like, this is a, this is. I wanted to do everything I could to help him, and I knew I couldn't. I felt helpless in the in a cushy chair in a theater. I felt like I had failed a man I've never met.
0: And I mean true, real, total despair as rain tinged with ash fell on his face. So amazing.
1: I, I love that detail. Black rain falls on his face. Black rain fell on uh Hiroshima and Nagasaki.
0: Nagasaki. So here's something that I think is first of all, love this Godzilla. We get our first look at Godzilla's new upright like suitmation inspired form, one of the greatest Godzillas I've seen.
1: Uh fans uh, are calling it and I'm going to be very careful with my pronunciation here. Fans are calling it uh Goji. Uh huh. American fans are choosing to call it minus Goji.
0: Minus Goji. Uh, yeah. I guess in Japan it's maybe negative one. I don't know. Uh, Uh, But minus Goji, great, great design. Also, I really love the choice to make Godzilla super nimble and fast in water and terrifyingly slow and plodding on land. I Uh, very enjoyable.
1: Um, just a comment to add on this, and I know you're trying to make a point, but, uh, the, the, I I love the air pressure force hurricane winds just from him stepping. Yes. It's so good. It's so good. It's a great detail. It's like, it's one of those things where where it's like, oh, there's no, you can't hear the explosions in space or whatever. It's like, you know, fuck off with that. Uh, A lot of Godzilla step without the, the huge, like gust of wind. But this is like but let's pay attention to that because that's the most devastating thing about him. Is he's so huge. His existence is destruction.
0: Yeah, imagine that much mass displacing air. It would have to have. A measurable effect and also a huge swoopy destructive tail i i judge godzilla's largely based on their tail quality godzilla's got a long tail this godzilla's tail ranks with the best of them but we gotta talk about that atomic Uh, breath
1: okay i i i know atomic breath we're gonna get into it i just want to do one more detail Uh uh-huh because this comes from yamazaki himself um uh, so according to him, and I'm going to quote him here, begin quote, there is a concept in Japan called taturigami, tachir- um, which sort of translates into spirits that bring calamity. Uh, and he continues to say, there are good gods and there are bad gods. Godzilla is half, half monster, but it's also half God. And I think the inclusion of his steps being just his, just his steps being destructive is a nod to that half God thing because like his existence is destruction. He brings Uh calamity with every part of his being. Even him walking is a destructive event. And I think that's why that happens.
0: I mean, I think there are multiple times in the movie where once again, going back to that big swoopy tale, uh, it's just Godzilla like moving around and it destroys like city blocks. Just yeah. the tail moving around behind him in his wake. The only context that Godzilla can exist in, in human society is one of constant destruction. Yeah. Uh, so it, this, it, Godzilla it, an this Godzilla is not an anti hero. This Godzilla is not fun. I don't know that this, go, this Godzilla isn't bad necessarily, but man, he does not like humans anymore.
1: It, it, I think it's one thing. The the one thing the legendary pictures version of of Godzilla gets right. Um, because the the overall consensus is it is no longer our world. It is the monster's world and we inhabit it. That's the only thing they get right, is that if these things exist, we are the least important thing on the planet.
0: I mean the essentially like the um one of the one of the fears that's conjured by the original Godzilla and a question that it asks is like what if all of a sudden god existed and he didn't like us which is like the essential fear of nuclear prol- proliferation right it's like what if there existed like an animated force that wanted to kill us like like what if the ability to snuff out 150,000 lives lay in the hand of someone who doesn't like you uh i i like honestly I like Godzilla being a bad guy. I think Godzilla's most effective when Godzilla either doesn't like people or doesn't care about people.
1: And we're going to talk about Atomic Breath, but I just need you to know.
0: We'll talk about the very end of the
1: episode. I just need you to know that in that movie that I named earlier, which has the name Godzilla, Mothra, and King Gaidora, colon, giant monsters all at attack. There is... a the, There's a woman who survives an initial attack from Godzilla. And a later scene in the movie, Godzilla, she's in a hospital. And Godzilla walks past the hospital. And the movie plays as though she is safe. And then Godzilla slams his tail into the hospital and kills her on purpose. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, my God. I love that.
1: Uh, So, Yamazaki, the director, uh, Takashi, if I could be so bold to use his first name Um drew inspiration from that. Godzilla is 100% an antagonist in this film.
0: I, I think Godzilla is only truly effective when Godzilla exists in opposition to humanity. Cause that's the only way you make the human story play. Like you can't be friends with Godzilla, but that atomic breath
1: let's talk about. So a fun fact, they just call it a heat ray.
0: They just call it a heat. They wouldn't call it atomic breath.
1: Yeah. Heat, heat breath, heat ray, heat breath. They don't call it atomic at all.
0: And every iteration of Godzilla, different take on the atomic breath. First, Godzilla obviously was just drawing on the, uh, the cells of the film. Uh, just kind of a, a wispy breath. Uh, this, it's just a nuclear weapon. Yes, it's very um, on the nose visually. It, it Godzilla just has the ability to make nukes happen.
1: So that I, I, even the director has has admitted at this point how much inspiration he drew, he drew from Godzilla, Mothra, and King Diodora—giant monsters all out of attack. This notion, this idea of the atom- uh, of the heat breath creating atomic mushroom clouds, a nuclear blast, if you will, was first used in that movie.
0: I got to watch this fucking movie, man.
1: Yeah. I uh, gotta- very fun. This is a fun fact now. We're into the fun area of the night. Um, when Godzilla uses his atomic breath in this movie, uh, his dorsal fins kind of click out. It, it, it's very pronounced and minus One. Do you uh-huh. remember these moments? I do, of course. That is a reference to the suit and Godzilla Mothra and King Ghidorah giant monsters all at attack. I that gotta when, watch this
0: goddamn movie.
1: When Godzilla would use that, his breath, the suit had a mechanism to make his dorsal front, his dorsal plates to stick out more. Wow. Um, to, to really highlight. Those dorsal friends, fins, and so he made it a function of the organic monster that they stick out. It's I really love fun. it. I love a- it. Also, this is one of the very first. Um, if not the first, maybe not the first, but you know how the uh the charging up of the breath starts at the tail and works his way up with that wom-wum sound. Uh-huh. Of course, the wom-wum. That is one of the only references to the American versions of Godzilla
0: yeah I for what it's worth from the American Godzilla like contributions I do think the progressive Wum Wum is actually like great
1: yeah Um, so that's, that brings me back to like, this is a celebration of Godzilla and a lot of its forms. It's drawing, it's drawing inspiration a lot from this one movie. Yeah. This one movie with the 18 syllable name. Um, but there's a lot of inspirations from multiple Godzilla's this, you know, the, the CGI style is that suit style that was so popular and, and used in the early films um the the charge-up tale is an american homage and the only american homage in the film um and then also in the score the godzilla suite that we hear like when he attacks uh, uh ginza come it, it is a a um a, a a riff that's not the right thing but it's like a, a, an homage to mothra versus godzilla and then. There's another sweet homage from King Kong versus Godzilla later on in the film. Um, so it's a drawing from a lot of different Godzillas to create what could be the best Godzilla film ever made.
0: It, uh, I, I believe there's also like multiple instances of, where music is pulled almost directly from the original Godzilla score from Akira Ifukube from the 1954 film. Huge, uh, just extensive love letter to the giant lizard we all know and love. One thing, Henry, I wanted to talk to you about, and this is something my wife said to me apropos of nothing, and I did not prompt her. To her, the movie felt like, and this is reductive, an anime. How do you feel about that description?
1: Yeah, that's a fascinating observation.
0: I personally, to make sure that you feel safe, think she was one hundred percent right, and I I will tell you why I, I think she's credibly right. In that Takashi Yamazaki, as a visual effects artist, is extensively known for replicating the visual effects of animation in live action film. And as in fact, Oh hiccups. And as in fact directed a lot of like 3d CGI adaptations of extremely popular Japanese animation.
1: Okay. I did not get that feeling at all, but I, th- I feel like I can see where she's coming from. Oh, I, boy.
0: I, I almost feel like the, the way that it chooses to portray certain things feels like it, it certainly feels like an anime to me. And I wish that I could explain exactly why. Maybe it's like the, the hero shot of the, uh, prototype plane flying at like a perfect 45 degree angle. The, I don't know. It, it feels almost surreal to me sometimes it's composition in in a very positive way for sure uh so the latter
1: yeah very unique um the latter day japanese toho produced godzillas have a similar feel shen godzilla and godzilla minus one feel as though they're from the same genre yeah they're completely different films and i think that's it's being distilled too they are visually striking like an anime would be i Um, think to
0: me godzilla shin godzilla feels like neon genesis evangelion for good reason well absolutely Um, yeah and to me in a lot of ways godzilla minus one feels a lot like a hayao miyazaki movie like a lot of the choices feel very miyazaki to me
1: that's fascinating and we don't have the time to dissect that because to, to me, to me, Miyazaki is more like a Wes Anderson magical realism more uh-huh. so than like, although I guess the plain shots would match up pretty well with like, uh, uh, um, Porco Rosso.
0: Yeah. It, it felt very Porco Rosso to me. Uh, but it Maybe it, it's it's just a purely ephemeral thing. I did want to. I know we are very short on time,
1: t- and you're very thing. sick, John. John, I would be okay if this episode goes long. I'm okay with it.
0: Okay. Well, I just wanted to tell you a cool thing about Please the come. plane since we're talking about the plane, and there won't be space for it.
1: The so the plane the one you're referring to is the rear the the I forget what they call it the the tailwind. That's not what they call it.
0: The, uh, the final plane that Shikishima ends up flying is, of course, the Kyushu J7W Shinden. Uh, and I know that we discussed previously about how this movie's, like, symbolism is on point. I'm, I'm fascinated by the inclusion of the Shinden because it was a Japanese plane. Designed to mitigate the ongoing bombing of Japanese cities by B 29 super fortresses. It was a nimble, fast deploy, uh, canard based craft that could outmaneuver a super fortress and stop the destruction of Japanese cities by giant, uh, bombing planes.
1: <laughs> big monstrosities by
0: big monst by big monstrosities by big american created monstrosities (laughs) yeah the shinden was being developed in 1945 and was in many ways henry considered japan's last hope to (laughs) stem the tide of the war without resorting to kamikaze tactics or surrender Amazing. The Shinden was like the last chance Japan had to innovate their way out and like defend their cities and potentially valorously win the war. The first prototype Shinden flight took place two days before the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Wow. Japan's last best hope to defend itself on its own terms died with the bombing of those two cities because japan had definitively lost the war yeah. after that point and in Shikish- shikishima flying that for the final mission against godzilla is him reclaiming as the country the ability to turn he essentially goes back in time yeah to defeat the thing, destroying Japan valorously while protecting his own life and allowing it to flourish. Mwah! Chef's kiss! <laughs> Perfect.
1: I mean, the cherry on top of that chef kiss Sunday is that the engineer, Takibana, is the one who installs and points out that there is an ejection lever to make sure he is safely, he lives. Yeah! And it's I think that that is so.
0: Generation come together to admit that the flourishing yeah. of life is the only thing that matters.
1: This is one of the most hopeful Godzilla movies that I ever existed. Um, Shin Godzilla left you with a feeling of even though they stopped it, if they didn't, it would all be over. Um, Godzilla minus one it leaves you with the feeling that like there is hope even when times are darkest. If humanity just embraces that they want to live. And admit that, and ignore the government. Ignore the government is the is the main message of Shin God, uh, uh, of Godzilla minus one. Ignore the government. Oh um, man, we
0: we don't even have time to get into the fact that it's citizens who have to band together to stop it in the face of unwavering propaganda and control from America.
1: It's because of the Cold War.
0: We we can't, you know general macarthur we can't move because we might upset the russians so get so, killed by godzilla
1: we 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 do not have time to get into this but america creates godzilla and then america cannot help deal with godzilla because of american geopolitics
0: what it's, it's are so we good. the baddies Absolutely. I mean, in a lot of ways, people could say that Godzilla is America—a uh, a big dumb force that shows up in your country and kills people for no reason. If there's a continuum of hopeful Godzilla movies, I agree with you. Shin Godzilla, way at the bottom. This movie, way at the top.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've alluded to things that I would I would like to have talked about in more detail. Um, I think this is just a perfect character arc for Shikishima. Yeah. Shikishima and that. He, he starts out by being like, I do not want to sacrifice myself to being like, I must sacrifice myself. This is the only hope. And that character arc is very naturally drawn and you feel it. And it is earned only for the, the, the guy he drugged up from the past to be like, this is my one last shot to redeem the people that we lost because I was too much of a coward and you were the only person who was there and knows it. And to have that person say, no, fuck you live live yeah. for them. Uh, modern day movies cannot, they could not, they can't fathom that perfect of an arc. It is beautifully written it is perfect it fits in like a puzzle piece it is so naturally done that it feels cliche it feels like nothing is being done at all but that's when you know it's working is when it feels fucking natural it is so good and i I, love it
0: at the end of this morning at this, at the end of this movie, I teared up five times in a row. It just hits you. I, I, I teared up when the fucking tugboat showed up, what, the Dunkirk moment. It was so good. Yeah. Oh, so good.
1: Uh, see this movie. See this movie again. Go watch it again. It's a good movie. It's the best Godzilla movie. We, we. We are so lucky in 2023 to have seven goddamn Godzilla movies to watch that came out in the past decade. This is the only, sorry, addendum. This is the second good one we got.
0: Yeah, we we did the entire summer of Godzilla. And then as a fun bonus, we did Shin Godzilla, the first movie of the Rewa era. Uh, For that entire summer, we watched one good movie.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I will contend... Kong Skull Island. Kong
0: Skull Island is actually quite good. Uh, bring that di- Get that director in there for one of these movies. I bet he'd do a pretty good job. My man loves Metal Gear Solid. I
1: I will contend I think Kong vs. Godzilla was, was a, rush, a rush job. And maybe they'll do a better job with the sequel that's coming out. I don't know. I just know... And every single American Godzilla movie, America removes themselves from the situation. Like they're not the cause of it. And every Japanese movie is right in there to remind America, this is on fucking you. And that makes it more powerful. I mean, absolutely. I
0: mean, what's America supposed to do? We we make a movie. We're like, yeah, people really like Godzilla. Is Godzilla also kind of an indictment about how we killed, Hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people indiscriminately. Yeah. Let's forget that part. Yeah. But it's cool that he's a lizard and the earth is hollow.
1: Um, Actually, hollow earth being real is one of the funniest things that come out of legendary pictures. I will commend them for that. And then also the second thing, the world doesn't belong to us, belongs to the monsters. I have two more fun facts. Please. John, you are a scholar of Godzilla films.
0: Uh, Yeah, you know, I have my bachelor's, but I didn't go back for my master's or
1: PhD. There's a gun to your head. How many Godzilla films do not feature another monster?
0: How many Godzilla films do not feature another monster? Yeah. Um, hold on. Are we counting American movies?
1: Absolutely.
0: For counting American movies, I'm going to say, hold on,
1: five? You are absolutely correct, and I'm so proud of you.
0: I mean, yeah, those are the easy ones to know, I think.
1: Yeah, Uh, the original, Godzilla, Return of Godzilla 30 years later, that reestablished the genre. Godzilla 1998, the American one, because we are not very creative shin godzilla which came out in 2016 and then this movie and we
0: don't count the first american godzilla in the legendary pictures because they were there there were the, MUTOs the MUTOs. or whatever yeah
1: yeah so this is the fifth movie without any other monsters um cool trend and then also my last fun fact is that as of december 10th godzilla minus one had a box office total of 25.3 million dollars Making it the highest-grossing Japanese live-action movie in North American history.
0: Hell yeah! Apparently, uh, there there was some interview where uh, Takashi Yamazaki said, "Maybe they will let me make another picture for them." That'd be uh, fun. And there was some executive who was like, yeah, we envisioned that, uh, you know, if we get a good Godzilla, we could have like a Marvel Cinematic Universe thing happening. I'm like, my man Godzilla did Marvel Cinematic Universe way before Marvel did.
1: Yeah. And at this point, we've got Shin Godzilla. We got Godzilla minus one. I do love those both of those movies for what they are. Um, but I do sincerely, wholeheartedly. I need another monster. Come on. Give it to me. Oh, I man. Rashi Yamazaki
0: could do such a good Ghidorah.
1: Yeah. Give me a Ghidorah, a Ghidorah. Give me. Don't do Mecha Godzilla. I don't need to see that. I need to see, like, um, uh, uh, a Gaigan, uh, uh, a Rodan, Mothra, if you feel like it. Let's get. Space Godzilla in there are um just just destroy okay, destroyer would be here's my more.
0: roadmap. Here's okay. my roadmap. I think I I think I have it. Um second movie that features this Godzilla, Rodan. Okay. I feel like Rodan is a good second like introduction, has like moves in a vertical plane like Godzilla doesn't, also an asshole. Great. Third movie? Ghidorah Gita. Uh-huh. Fourth movie. That I'm not sure. Maybe Mecha Godzilla, I don't know. Fifth movie Space Godzilla.
1: Space Godzilla.
0: Probably no Mothra. I I don't feel like there can be like a Mothra Godzilla dynamic given what we know about this Godzilla.
1: I I would love to see a return of Megalon. He he was my favorite to play in Godzilla Destroy All Monsters.
0: I'm not like a big scholar of Megalon. Which one's Megalon again?
1: He's got two. He's got two big drill hands, and he drills on the ground. Oh, yeah, and he pops up with like a drill attack. It's really great. I it's could, cool.
0: I could maybe see Megalon.
1: Yeah, yeah, but um, so we're not going to rank this one against the others because it, it, it's very clear. It's a superlative. It, it, it is beyond the pale of the competition. Um, but I do think we end this, the, the, the trappings of our format. Uh, we need to rate it on a scale of loathe it. Love, uh, hate, hate it. Dislike Uh. it. The, the null zone like it, love it. Gotta have more of it. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure I know how this is going to go and I'm not going to explain my answer because I feel like you could just rewind and re-listen to the episode. Um, but this is a gotta have more of it.
0: I am in a very interesting position. Okay. If I, if I were to take the two Godzilla movies that were good that we watched over the last year or so, two years, yeah. year and a half. um. I dearly love... He just disappeared.
1: He's he's back. You disappeared for a second.
0: I dearly love Shin Godzilla. Okay. If I were to rank Shin Godzilla, it's definitely a love it. I don't have to have more Shin Godzilla. Because Shin Godzilla was exceptionally good at what it was, which was a disaster movie and a comedy about bureaucracy. Uh, I don't know that Hideaki Ano at the helm of additional Godzilla movies would like even be interested in continuing to do that or make ones that are watchable. Right. However, this Godzilla movie gets it 100%. It's kind of a perfect Godzilla movie from top to bottom, and this is an honor that I would give to almost no one. In the hands of this director, I see other monsters. I see 10 of these I, I I see, like, a, a love for the franchise that could shine through the challenges of the Reiwa era. <laughs> like, we could have a new great era of Godzilla. We really could. So I'm going to say, got to have more of it.
1: Yeah. In any form. Even if it's a misfire, I think it'll be worlds above what is happening with Legendary Pictures I have not yet seen the Apple TV show, Monarch, A Legacy of Monsters. Monsters. It's
0: got Mr. Nobody in it.
1: I'm sure it is the connective tissue that the movies so desperately need to stand on their own. I just know the movies that we have so far feature Charles Dance saying, let's the games begin, and he's already been down that road one time before. I am not optimistic about whatever the next one is called. I will see it and I will feel a nostalgic pull in my boyish heart for a time when Godzilla was good. And then the adult will remember that in December of 2023 was the last time Godzilla was good. So I don't need to remember back too far.
0: And then in 2026, when we get the second of these movies, we'll know, oh, man, Godzilla zero.
1: Oh,
0: (laughs) hold on. Wait, I know the naming convention. This is Godzilla minus one, right? Right. The next one's got to be Godzilla plus Rodan.
1: Yeah, I would love it. I would watch it. Um, Do you want to know? Do you know why it's called minus one? I don't. Okay. This has been verified. I I checked two sources. So at least two sources have the same story. World War II brought Japan to zero. And Godzilla showing up took it down one more level, minus one.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, before we head out, I have one more fun fact. Okay. The G in Godzilla minus one looks like Godzilla.
1: Um, I'm, I'm verifying this by looking at the poster, which is immaculate and, uh, holy shit. He's right.
0: It's actually an incredible poster. My, uh, my wife who is an animator and graphic designer was like, I like that G it looks a lot like Godzilla.
1: I, my favorite. Not Okay. It's not my favorite part of the film, but I felt generally energized when the movie ended and that big G showed up and then it said minus one. I was like, whole fuck. Yeah. That's how you do an, 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 an end screen. That's how you do it.
0: Yeah. uh, Talk about a late title card. Incredible. The last thing you see.
1: Yeah. I think this is the best Godzilla movie possibly ever made.
0: It's still a toss-up with Shin Godzilla for me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It just, it's fine. Shin Godzilla like really hits specific sensibilities for me. But for any movie to tie Shin Godzilla is a is no mean feat. Like this movie, yeah. fucking rules. I will watch this movie a hundred times. I love it.
1: And with that, I think we have nothing to do but to get out of here. We've talked too much about Godzilla and how good it is. And now it's time to make like Godzilla and have our heads blown off by the collective efforts of science, the private citizens and the last vestiges of a military that fought a losing battle. It is time for us to die. So John, tell the people how they can contact us.
0: That's right. If you want to blow our heads off, uh, you can do so on a Twitter slash X slash Godzilla X Kong at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. And I believe Henry knows what that stands for.
1: It's very cruel of you to, to make me talk more when my voice is basically gone.
0: That's right. And if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email to zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. Put some Godzilla in that email. I don't even care which Godzilla it is. You know what? Send us goddamn Godzuki. Send us a picture of Godzuki. I'll Venmo you a dollar. That offer is only good for one person, by the way. Don't like get don't send me a thousand emails with Godzuki thinking I'll send you a thousand dollars. I'll send you one dollar. So send us a picture of Godzuki with your Venmo. It's a tax write-off. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast now, congratulations. We're on every podcast service. Asterisk. We are on Good Pods, Podchaser, Apple Podcasts google podcasts if that still exists a great way
1: it's good until april
0: good until april uh a great way for people to find out about the show is to leave a review a comment a star rating a splurgle whatever whatever podcast whatever podcast service has whatever has service that you use has do it, uh, but the best way for people to learn about the podcast is for you to look at them dead in the face, and then you slap your big thick tail down on the ground, and then the dorsal fins on the back of your tail start lighting up, and then you know, woah, woah, mom, they all, they all, uh, they all light up, and then you open your big mouth to that person, and you say, listen to zero credits. And then you blow them away with your atomic breath and you kill them because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. Tell your friends, tell your Rodans and we'll make sure that we are something that rise with Rodan, something that rise with Rodan. Go Dan.
1: And from everyone here at the zero credit studio, I don't have a joke here. We want to wish you A happy week. Thanks for listening.
0: Goodbye, and thanks for listening.
1: Goodbye.
0: And thanks for listening.
1: Goodbye. 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 And
0: thanks for listening.
1: Goodbye.
0: We've never thanked them for listening before.
1: Have we not?
0: I don't think so, not at the end it's implied that they should be thankful for listening.